Swing Event, SwingEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in America. Hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful morning. It is Tuesday, October the 26th, four minutes past the top of the hour. We are live here from the Low T Center Studio. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Our number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. What a day. What a crisp, cool morning in East Tennessee. You just you just love to see it. Right, Ben? Good morning. No, you do not love to see the cold weather. Can't really see it, though. You but. said we see it, so I went along with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, good morning, good morning, man. We get baseball, World Series tonight. Uh, 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 That's remix. Good morning, man, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. The, we get a night game tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow, but next Saturday. At Kroger Field versus Kentucky, we get a night game. 61,000 fans. 61,000. Well, what are are you scoffing at? You're the one that wants Tennessee to cut out 50,000 seats and get down to (laughs) 50,000 in attendance. That's a lie. At Neyland. That's a lie. I've been on the record saying 90. In the 90s, I'm good with. Uh, but sixty one thousand. Listen, it's gonna be loud. It'll, it'll be loud. It was. It was loud the last time Tennessee was there. The nineteen game in which Daniel Batuli and Jaquan Blakely had the stop at the goal line. It was. It was a really nice atmosphere. It, it's not. It's not Tennessee. It's. It's not Alabama. It's not Georgia. It, it's Florida's an overrated environment, but Florida does get get loud and. I think Florida sits 94,000, 87, 94, something like that. It's it's none of those schools. It's it's not Auburn. It's not A&M. But it, it does it, – it is a really nice college football environment because Kentucky fans are passionate about their, about their school, about their state, and they have a, a football product to be proud of right now. They're not used to this. So it, it was loud and, and rocking the, the last time. Tennessee was there when when Tennessee was trying to knock Kentucky off again. No, for for sure. No, for sure. These for two sure. schools do not like each other. I I view it as a rivalry game. I know people don't like like to view it as one, but it is to me. Heck, there was a there was a trophy for this game. It's a rivalry game. When you talk about, when you talk about people, it's me. Don't don't no, subtweet no, 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 me, no. Ben. I'm not. I'm really not. There, there's a lot of people that that don't look at. Kentucky has a, a rivalry game in, in football. Well, well, the old school Tennessee fans certainly certainly do. Um, uh, the new school Tennessee fans certainly should. I see. I think it's the the reverse. I think it's the old school Tennessee fans that watched Tennessee win. What what did that streak get up to? Twenty something games in a row. I think it was like I don't know. I think it was like twenty eight. But. The old school fans remember the beer, bar- uh, the beer barrel. That's why. Yeah, so, that's true. I it, was just more so thinking that they never really saw Kentucky win against Tennessee, whereas the the my age has seen Tennessee beat or has seen Kentucky beat Tennessee a, a couple of times since the the supposed 
Tyler Bray, Derek Rogers game in which the theory is that those guys did not want to play in a bowl game. Yeah, they, they didn't care about winning because they didn't want to play in a bad bowl game. Yes. Yeah, they didn't want to play in a bad bowl game. Silly, no, no matter how you slice that up. But I, my, my age has seen Kentucky beat Tennessee a couple times. So I think it's kind of the reverse. Where yeah. the old school, just because they saw Tennessee win so much and be so dominant that they, they didn't take Kentucky seriously. Anytime you have a trophy on the line, it's a robbery. I don't care how lopsided the, uh, the series is. There used to be a trophy on the line, and whoever won that game would hold up the trophy. In this case, it was the uh, beer barrel, and every year it feels like there's a cry to bring it back. Bring it back, bring it back. I ain't doing that this year. Why not? We got two weeks to do it this year. Because it ain't coming back. We've got two. Yeah, but you having the, the influence that you have. It's not coming back. If, if we sit here and talk about it for two weeks, then it, it may come back. You, you've been encouraging Danny think... White to bring back other things. Yeah, it's, a, it's a new regime. Yeah, Maybe the letters. The, yeah, the, the, the all letters on top of the stadium. Well, or somewhere around the stadium or on the stadium or however you want to. You know, put it to to where it's safe and engineering said it can happen. But I don't I don't really care about the beer barrel. I never really I never saw it in person. I never played for it. I don't really have a strong connection to it. Yeah, that that makes sense. I do wish that I I do I would like to see it return. I understand why it has not, but I just growing up and <laughs> this is gonna sound silly, but playing NCAA Football, playing video games on NCAA football, all of the, the different trophies that you could play in games and, and win that, that replicated the, the trophies that are on the line and in real life. Trophies used to be way more prevalent in college football than they are today. And I kind of wish that they would, they would make a comeback. I know you have the Egg Bowl, you have the Boot. You know, A lot of Big L- Ten rivalries have them. LSU and Arkansas, you got the Egg Bowl with Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State. Um, that's that's pretty much it, man. I mean, here in SEC, but the Big Ten, um, they they it seems like it seems like every game has a has a trophy. Mm-hmm. But I guess when you can't win a national championship, you gotta <laughs> hey, you gotta have a trophy. Uh, every you season. can't make fun of the Big Ten anymore, my friend. Why not? You have friends in the Big Ten now. I've always had friends in the Big Ten. Now you really have friends. Yeah, I I, I have a. Uh, new new coworker, new partner. Um, yesterday is my first day being part of a new new digital um, network and doing a doing a show that will air five times a week here uh, here soon. Actually, in a couple of days, we shot our first uh, episode um, yesterday, and uh, it was it was fun. I told Ben before the show, man. I, was ready to go to bed at eight thirty yesterday because I was I knocked out like six hours of nothing but either radio or air quotes TV, and uh, it's a really cool opportunity. And yeah, my um, co-host, partner in crime, uh, Brock Vereen, played in the played in the league. Went to Minnesota. And I was drafted by the Bears actually in two thousand and fourteen. Brother. Okay. Brother is uh, Shane Vereen, uh, NFL running back. Played a lot of years there with the Patriots, but uh, he covers he covers the Big Ten for the Big Ten Network. So, you know, he, him and I uh, do this really cool show together, and 
But I'm still throwing shade at the Big Ten. I mean, that ain't going to change. I'm not going to change who I am. I'm going to keep it real. He was first team all Big Ten in 2013. Yeah, he was a baller, man. I'm going to change who I am. And I don't think keeping the real is going to go wrong. I'm biased. And I'm proud to admit it. I can't even watch Big Ten. You know what? You know how biased I am? This is bad, man. Instead of watching Michigan, Northwestern, which clearly is a better game than Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, I found myself watching Mississippi State, Vanderbilt. And I was sitting there going, yo, Vanderbilt is trash. They are really, 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 really bad. They do not belong. But I don't want to get rid of them, but they do not belong. There's not a team in the in the Big Ten that's bad as Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt doesn't belong in a power five. They're they're that, bad. I'm man. I'm surprised the American did not announce the addition of Vanderbilt when it announced the addition of like six conference USA teams last week. They're bad, bad, man. They I mean, are football wise, they are on the level of Charlotte and FAU and North Texas and <laughs> those those schools that, that were added to the American last week. Like Mississippi State, they're not good either. Mississippi State looked like Alabama versus Vanderbilt. Like Mississippi State looked like an NFL team against Vanderbilt. It was it was bad. But I I watched that game longer than I watched Michigan Northwestern, and Michigan Northwestern was a better game. That's how biased I am. I got to work on it, man. I'm working on it. I'm going through rehab right now. To me, college football is college football. I know. It's supposed to be, but I can't help it. I can't help but to – well, that's – wait, that's – that's not true. College football is not just college football. There's there's college football, and then there's SEC football. It's on a different level. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's but on in different. terms of taking in other other games and in other leagues, college football is college football. Like I I love I have a a hierarchy: Tennessee football first and foremost, then SEC football. And then college football. I love all three. I, mean, I love Tennessee more than the SEC or college football, but I love all three. And when, when I don't have to be at a game, I am on my couch in my living room all day. From the moment game day comes on at 9 Eastern until probably the third, fourth quarter of the Pac-12 game at midnight, I'm on my couch watching, watching college football all day long. I mean, if there's no SEC games, I'll watch college football. It's not a situation where I'm like, no SEC, no football for me. I'll watch it, but there's a preference. I prefer to watch SEC football, maybe because, you know, competed in the the conference and it's the best conference in the land. But I found myself picking Mississippi State, Vanderbilt over Michigan Northwestern. Michigan Northwestern was was a better game. See, it's a better game. It's closer. It where, closer. Where you're going wrong is that you don't have multiple screens. I have multiple screens. I, I don't want to watch multiple games. I don't want to watch SEC and Big Ten at the same time. Give me all the college football. Inject it into my veins. There's three screens in here I could watch football on if I wanted to, but one, one's enough. Well, I was referencing your living room. Oh, yeah. I said that. I don't be in the living room like that when I'm watching. I, I got to get away from everybody else. I wouldn't either if I had kids. Get away from me. Get away, I'm watching football. Go now, get. Get away. Get away. So, if I really wanted to, Ben, 
We got five screens up in here, but that's that's way too much. Uh, no, not a, I, no, I don't think that's enough screens. I mean, mm. think of all the games. That, I mean, there's a game at noon on Fox, on ABC, on ESPN, on ESPN2. There's the SEC Network. There's FS1. There's CBS Sports Network. I mean, there, there's up to seven games going on. And then you can also pull up, watch ESPN. And if you want to get in on a little FCS action, check in on the mocks down in, in Chattanooga. You, you could check in on a little Southern Football Conference action with, with, with ETSU Bucks, baby. Uh, I mean, you could pull up, watch ESPN, and, and, and pull up an abundance of games. I mean, you, five screens, like, yeah, it seems great. But, I mean, if you're really about this college football life, I mean, you, could, you can have a lot more. I'm 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 good, man. I, I got I got some good games this weekend, man. Do you uh, follow uh, Phil Steele on Twitter? Um, I don't, the, I don't the, think I do. The magazine guy, for those who do not know, no, the, the Phil Steele. I, I don't think I do. Have you ever seen his setup for how he takes in games on Saturday? I've not. That is that is too much. That that is too much. Typically, every Saturday he he tweet. Here it is. I'll He's watching it. twelve games. And they're all on like itty bitty screens. Yeah, I see. That's it. doing too much. How do you keep up with anything? Like I, I love I love where his heart's at. I, I love the thought process. He has the ACC network pulled up. N- no SEC teams on these on the screens I see. Uh no. There's there's no, Michigan. He's watching Arkansas Pine Bluff in Arkansas. Oh yeah, that's right at the bottom. At the bottom. I see it. I see it. But yeah, I mean I get hey. That's too much. To each his own, man. Do your thing. My thing is I watch SEC football. If there's nothing on SEC, I'll watch any other conference, but I prefer to watch SEC. Now, here's a problem. This this week, there's not a game that starts at noon. There's not a game that starts at noon this week because Missouri Vanderbilt is at 3. Florida, Georgia is at 3.30. Auburn Ole Miss is at seven. Kentucky Mississippi State is at seven. Um, that's 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 it. That's pretty much it. Sounds like a, a good day to knock out the honeydew list. Tennessee's not playing. No great games. I'm gonna cut some grass today. I mean uh, this weekend. I'm cut some grass, man. I don't know. At this rate, there may be snow on the ground by Saturday. You're right about that. And the next day, it'll be it'll be sunny. So. We'll, we'll get some work in. This is the this is the weekend for Tennessee fans to knock out that honeydew list or do things with your significant other. Like myself, I'm going to Memphis this weekend. Hang out with the wife. Hang out with the grandma. You ain't slick. You trying to go watch the Grizzlies play? You right? You ain't slick, man. <laughs> you ain't slick. Oh, I'm gonna see Ja drop fifty on you Tyler Hero's head on Saturday night. You ain't slick. I'm excited though. I I've, I've never been to the National Rights National Civil Rights Museum there in Memphis. And uh, there's there's some barbecue spots I, I want to check out. That's always been on my bucket list. Uh, so I'm I'm excited. Tennessee baseball is going to be in town, scrimmaging La Tech there there in Memphis. Going to go check that out. So and, and I haven't been in like two years to to see my grandma. I've seen my grandma at other places, but I have not gone to see see her in in like two three years. So I'm I'm going to kind of knock out a bunch of birds with one stone this weekend. You but you're right. I'm, I'm using those those excuses so I can get to the, get to the Grizz game and, and watch the greatest point guard of all time play on Saturday night. You got to stop joking around like that for somebody to take you serious. I mean, I, would you blame them for, for taking me serious at this point? No. 
No, they're not gonna take you serious. Did you see the forty and ten. He nobody's taking show. Nobody's on, taking on you night. serious. You gotta stop yeah, that. Yeah, you gotta stop I that. Mean, I, look, it's not my fault. He's the best player in the NBA history, and that he's the best point guard ever, and Jeez. he's the best player in the league right now. All I right. mean, did you see LeBron making business decisions and getting out of his way when when, right. when Ja was coming through the lane? All right, let's skip Bayless. <laughs> you stop. JT Young says, "Dude, Mississippi State beat Texas A and M, and." I said they're not a good football team. You're not making a good point for why they are with that comment. They're not good. I'm sorry. I don't care if they beat Texas A&M. I don't care. They're not good. If If you're making a point, make one that makes sense. Mississippi State is not good. I don't care if they beat Texas A&M. They just were better than A&M that day. Is A&M better than Alabama? No. They're not a better football team. But they beat Alabama that day. They were better that day. But they're not a better football team. Nine times out of ten, Alabama wins. But that's what makes college football so fabulous and so great. Who was the better football team between Tennessee and Kentucky? Most people will say Kentucky. And that's okay. Right now they are... You know, ranked. They've only lost one game. They're six and one. Obviously, Tennessee's record has uh, is, is different, and their schedule has been harder playing against Pitt. Um, Kentucky has played against Georgia. We haven't done that yet, but we have played against Alabama. But it doesn't matter who's the better team next Saturday. It doesn't matter. All that matters is who's the best team that day. That day, who is the better team? That's all that matters. Just like in 2018. When Kentucky had one of its best seasons in program history, ranked eleventh, and Tennessee was the better football team. That's what that's what that, matters. That, that's all. That's all that matters. And, and Tennessee has a great chance of, of beating Kentucky next Saturday, as as long as they can get healthy. I I know one thing. I'm tired of Tennessee having bad luck with its schedule. How is it <laughs> that it's the end of October? And the Heisman frontrunners right now are Bryce Young, Matt Corral, and Kenny Pickett. And Tennessee has played all three. <laughs> Only at Tennessee. I guess the, the silver lining is, is when Tennessee goes up to Pittsburgh next year, second week of the season, Kenny Pickett will no longer be the quarterback and they'll have somebody new. Well, how about 2018 when Tennessee opened with West Virginia? And West Virginia was a dark horse national championship contender. And then... The years after that, they've stunk. But we catch them on the best, probably the best year they've had since Pat White was there and Rich Rod was there. Tennessee, man, and it's and it's non-conference schedule. It's either <laughs> it's either the, the the non-conference opponent that is like the best team that they've had in years, or it's the the other cross division opponent that Tennessee draws. Like yeah, like Drew, next year, Drew LSU. Like what quarterback is gonna like Joe Burrow two is gonna be playing for LSU next year? I think Max Johnson, man. <laughs> I like Max Johnson. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty. But they'll they'll have it turned around by the time Tennessee gets to play him. We don't get to take advantage of of LSU when they when they're sorry this year. But next year they'll they'll have it turned around. They'll have Bill Belichick as the head coach. <laughs> yeah, Lane will like he'll like Max Johnson. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. We'll take our first break of the day. So an event fueled by Dead End Barbecue.
If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Get to the Iris Networks hotline, 865-255-03. Hour number one is brought to you by Healer Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Let's get to Nathan. Nathan, good morning. Hey, good morning, Swain. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Hey, when did uh, when did you start doing the, the pregame show uh, for, for the games, call-in show? Uh, you mean the, the, the Big Orange Countdown? Yes, yes. This year, okay. Yeah, it's not it's not calling good. anymore. Okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, you're doing good. I 
caught you on there, and I said, well, I didn't realize that. So yeah, 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 man. Started started this year, man. Started this year with yeah. Chris Brown, Will Overstreet, and those guys rotate each and every week, and uh, yeah, I'm on there every week. But uh, they changed the name um, to the Big Orange Countdown. So um, yeah. We do a trivia where you can call in and, and, and win, you know, a trip to Cookville to play some golf. But, yeah, they got rid of the whole call-in. Uh, call-in thing, yeah. Yeah. Model. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so, but, um, you know, I, I was out of town. Uh, you could, I could listen to the game and enjoyed it, but I got to kind of watch it um, after I got back in. And, um, you know, I think it's sometimes we can say – and, and I agree for the most part that we don't want any moral victories. But I think sometimes, whether you want to call it a moral victory or not, it's really okay to feel good about progress, you know. And even though we didn't win that game, you know, when I think about since Coach Fulmer's been, um, uh, not been at UT, that's the third time that we've competed with Alabama that I can remember. We had Lane's year, Butch competed one year, 15, and then last year, and Heupel did it in his first year with the worst roster, with a less talented roster. And, you know, we were in that game to win that game until, you know, things kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. Guys never quit. I mean, I think it's okay to be you know, pretty excited about that. I mean, I don't have a problem with, with looking at the positives in a situation um, that the outcome is not ideal where you lose. I mean, I I, I kind of get a kick out of people that um, scream about more victories, more victories, more victories, more victories. I don't, I'm not a big fan of more victories. And more, look at y'all, look at y'all over there, man. Y'all not, you know, y'all not real because you're over here talking about more victories. And I just like if if you want to win just period i think in in life or in sports i think you always have to look at positive situations out of the negative because you 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 have an opportunity to learn like learning yeah. you, you get better and so you never really take a loss you know you either you either win or you learn and i think if you have that mentality you'll 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 be where you want to be and for tennessee like yeah, you didn't you didn't win, and right now we are five hundred. But the 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 lessons that this team ha- has has learned, even with you know losing, man, they've they competed their butts off with less talent, less depth, and they've learned to even trust each other even more, trust the process more, trust the coaches even more, work harder, um, believe in yourself, and maybe this next game against Kentucky is where they kind of, you know, reap the benefits of their hard work and their patience. They've played some really tough opponents. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm not sitting here doing backflips that Tennessee lost against Pittsburgh, lost against Florida, you know, lost against Ole Miss, lost against Alabama. But we're just – like, if you have a half a brain, you have any type of intelligence, you would understand that Tennessee was just outmanned you know, for for in, in a lot of those games, and the fact mm-hmm. that they were able to fight the way they did to up to a certain point is is pretty impressive. They were really not supposed to be in the Alabama game at all. You look at both rosters, but um, yeah, 
I understand exactly what you're talking about, and it's it is it's perfectly fine to look at it that way without feeling like that. Oh, you're not a real winner because you recognize you know some positive in a negative situation. Like I just don't. Yeah, get I that. mean, you know, because you know, back to what you say about the moral victory thing, I think that's just like such a hot take now. It, it I mean, really you hear is that so much. I'm just like, you know, that just kind of, I just get tired of hearing that particular phrase. But I think that really more applies to, hey, you know, we have an even roster and we came within a couple of points. You know, nobody's really happy about that, you know, because uh, you're where you want. We're still trying to get to where we want to be. Um, I just, you know, I really think that, uh, you know, uh, we're going to go in there and get after Kentucky in a big way. I, you know, I've been thinking that since the beginning of the year, so I'm really excited about it. Last thing I'll say is, uh, you know, that old Miss thing with all the, the fans and all that, whatnot. Um, I had a lot of my, I'm not on Facebook stuff, my wife is, but, you know, a lot of the other fan, fan bases, you know, calling us out and all that. But you know, put any of those folks in our position over 10 years and have the coach that came back that kind of helped precipitate all that. There's Alabama be throwing their firstborn children out of the stands. Yeah, they, they throw you know? all the condiments from the refrigerator on the stands, right? All the golf balls. I didn't, man. I didn't even think people still were still talking about that. I mean, it feels like it happened a month ago, even though it was just two weeks ago, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it 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 happened, and when you have bad officiating, and it costs your team a chance to win, and you've seen the bad officiating weeks after weeks after weeks, and we saw it again against Alabama. I mean, I saw the photo of Kamal Haddon with the football underneath the pile on the Bryce Young fumble. I mean, what do you expect? Not saying that it's justifiable. Just not saying that it's, you know, the fans were right. All I'm saying is I understand. Let's go back to the phones. Let's get to Zach. Zach, good morning. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Good, man. How are you? Uh, working. Uh, besides just getting healthy this week, what, what, what would be what's the best thing you team needs to work on during, during this five weeks? You think? What is uh? Who need to work on? Are you talking about the team what, or? Yeah, just as a team. What, what would be the number one thing that they need to work on during this five weeks? Usually. And I, I don't want to give like a broad answer. I'm trying to give you like a specific answer here, um, but usually fundamentals are going to be harped on. So just the basic, you know, getting getting back and tackling uh, positions, working on the strip, working on high point in football if you, you are DB or if you are receiver. I think that's something we definitely need to get better at, um, at receivers, high point in the ball, when to high point it, when to um, let the ball fall off of our uh, – over our outside shoulder. I just, I just think getting back to the fundamentals, sometimes – you get so caught up in scout mode where you're preparing for the opponent that you're playing and sometimes you don't work on yourself. And this week is a week to work back on yourself. It's kind of like taking a week from fall camp. Like the week before the game week, that's typically a time where you're still working on you. Game week hits, okay, you play – Bowling Green. All right, so let's start taking pages out of Bowling Green's book, 
start preparing for what they do. Let's take their strengths and try to limit, you know, their their playmaking ability. And then you do that each and every week. All right, then the next game you got you got Pittsburgh, you got Tennessee Tech, you got Florida. So then your your game change your game plan changes every week depending on the opponent. You do that about four or five weeks, you really haven't had a chance to work on you. Comparing that to the real world, like you got you got you got kids. You got a spouse, you got coworkers, you got friends, you're doing things for them all the time. Then you turn around, you're like, man, I haven't done anything for me. My goodness. I need some time. I haven't had time to take a shower. I haven't had time to, to, to work on me. And you turn around and you haven't you neglected yourself. Well, here's a time for Tennessee to get back to the drawing board. Do some self scouting. You go, okay, man. We've played, you know, we played a good number of games. We played eight games, and let's go check out our tendencies. On third down and long, this is what we typically do. On third and short, this is what we do. On first down and ten, this is what we normally do. If you notice that about yourself, you have to understand that someone else has already noticed that about you. Your opponents have already figured that part out. They know your tendencies already. So now it's a chance for you to self-scout. And now the back half of the season, you can go up against some of those tendencies that you have created. But I think just fundamentally across the board, this is going to be a week where the coaches are going to go back to kind of a fall camp type of regimen. Yeah, we're going to work on Kentucky. But usually the first part of the week, first part of the bye week, it's about us. We're going to get extra days to work on Kentucky, and we'll have the advantage because Kentucky is playing a, you know, a team this week. So we'll have an advantage as far as preparation, but for the first half of the week, we need to work on us. We need to work on ball security. We need to work on making sure that our mesh point is on point um, on the handoffs. We need to work on putting the ball in the outside hand and really harping on that. Because we, we saw it in film, it didn't hurt us, we didn't fumble, but we want to make sure that it doesn't come up. So let's get back to the basics and making sure that that's, that's taken care of. So I look at this week, not only is it a week to get healthy, but a week to get back to the fundamentals and, and really harp on those things. Tackling. That's what Tennessee needs to work on. How do you, how do you work on that when you, I guess when you're not tackling? That is, that is a question for a football coach, not an idiot up here with a microphone in front of his face. At least you admitted it, finally. I've admitted that several times. Uh, but Tennessee had its worst tackling performance of the season against Alabama, and part of that is Alabama. Brian Robinson is a beast. statistically, and you can see it with your eyes as well. You don't need statistics <laughs> to back this thought process up. But he leads the SEC in broken tackles. So that, that did play a role. And and Tennessee did miss miss. I was gonna say more tackles as the game went on, but they missed a ton in the first half. I mean, I I counted like fifteen to eighteen missed tackles in the first half, or I, maybe not bona fide missed tackles, but like bona fide missed tackles and just whiffed on opportunities to to bring the ball carrier down, whether it be poor angles or, or something of that nature. It, it was a really bad tackling performance. And, again, part of that was Alabama, 
But Tennessee had been fairly strong at, at tackling. Missed tackles had not been a a group issue really until the Alabama game, in in my opinion. And that, that is something that they are going to need to, to get back to, to work on because Chris Rodriguez is is a tough guy to bring down. He's he's a big old boy. Uh he's he's not the most elusive guy in the world, but he'll try to run you over. And and again, he's he's not gonna be easy to bring down. So getting back to, to the basics of, of tackling will be a, a good reminder for this defense, I think. And, and it's not just Chris Rodriguez. Cavassier Smoke is a home run hitter as as well. They, they've got some backs that, that are either hard to bring down or, or can make you miss. Wondell Robinson, hard to bring down. and That's who worries me. Yes, yes, absolutely. So they, they've got some guys that can make things happen with the ball in their hands. So uh, getting back to, to some fundamental tackling drills, will be important this week, in, in my opinion, uh, along with just getting healthy. I know Zach was asking about what Tennessee should work on aside from just simply resting and, and getting healthy. But that, that truly is the number one objective this week is, is to get healthy. ATF VFL says DL needs to work on disengaging O-line so they can get quarterback running on third down. Listen, I, I think that's I think that's valid. I think there's things every unit can point to something they can work on and improve at. You're not playing against Matt Corral, or Bryce Young anymore this season either. But you certainly don't want a running back, excuse me, a quarterback that can't run all that well to have a career day. That's something that you wanna you wanna work on, you wanna correct, and that gets back to fundamentals um, as well. But Understand that you just, you know, you go, you went up against two out of the three Heisman Trophy candidates in the last two weeks. So you got to kind of get some credit to those guys, too, and also get better at it so that way it doesn't get you beat moving forward. Go ahead, Ben. Well, I was going to say, I, I thought the defensive line pr- played really well against Alabama. Uh, I, I didn't think the defensive line was the the reason that. No, he's just saying they need, they need to work on disengaging so they could get to the, you know, Help stop running quarterback. You know, you had one go for two hundred yards against you two weeks ago. So I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point. It is, but that, I'm not trying to to crap on the point. I'm I'm trying to add that to me, it's the linebackers that need to work more on disengaging from blocks than the defensive linemen. I and I was going to to say that I, I don't by any stretch of the imagination think that the defensive line played perfectly. I've just seen that more of an issue for the linebackers than, than the defensive line because I, I've seen Matthew Butler hold off a, an offensive lineman with one hand and, and be able to shed and, and still make the play with with one hand or completely shed the block and, and obviously make it with, with two hands and, and bring the ball carrier to, to the ground. I've seen Jaquan Blakely do that several times. Byron Young is getting better in that aspect. I, I see the defensive line doing those things. I don't necessarily see the linebackers doing that. You really saw that in the Ole Miss game to where Ole Miss would, would run a quarterback draw. And, and I, I mentioned this last week, but I thought Ole Miss did a good job. Jeff Lebby, Lane Kiffin, whoever, did a great job of design it, designing it to where um, an offensive lineman leaked out as, as the quarterback draws lead blocker. Or even they brought a running back or a receiver and, and <laughs> let them lead block for Matt Corral and Aaron Beasley, Jeremy Banks. They, they got caught up on that lead blocker and could not get off and – and and make the play. Trayvon Flowers, Jalen McCullough, they couldn't play. get off and, and and make the play. 
you you in you in space and that and on them quarterback draws, you know, you want those lanes to be more uh, narrow and condensed. And that this is where you know the D line made some adjustments in the second half, um, and that's partly on on D line too. Um, but you in space in a large space, it's one on one with you and the quarterback. He got a lead blocker. Man, you ain't winning that most times because the the ball carrier is gonna make the blocker right. It's kind of like playing tic tac toe, Ben, and you get hit with that double move. Mm-hmm. You get set up. It doesn't matter. Like you can you can go circle here, go X here. It doesn't matter. Like you're gonna lose anyways because they set you up with the double move. And when Matt Corral was kind of having his hand on the back of the lineman as he's approaching one Tennessee defender in space, he. You gotta you gotta be borderline all American to shed that block and and make that tackle because you you gonna lose that one more times than not. So it is it is a collective effort with with linemen and linebackers. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying you're wrong or anything. I'm just adding more context. But um, fundamentally, there's things that the D line can do better to not allow so much space. For a linebacker to have to cover or tackle a quarterback in space like that in Ole Miss, and again, you ain't playing another Matt Corral, you're not playing another Bryce Young, um, so you mix that in with you improving. We shouldn't see any big time, you know, runs like that on third down uh, from any other quarterback moving forward. Now, um, you know, Vanderbilt's quarterback is a little is a little mobile, but you know he. The line, the the blocking is terrible. The team is terrible. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to hurt you. Uh, Levis is not, you know, he he's no he's no Baker Mayfield. But he'll beat you. But you know, if, but he if can, you don't watch it, he'll put up 70, 80 yards. But on he you. can but he can run uh, too. I mean, he he can be a threat. You know, he's no Lamar Jackson dual threat, but he is a dual threat because he can run if he needs to. Uh, he's just not going to torch you like Matt Corral. He's not going to be as mobile side to side and making guys miss like Bryce Young. Some of these labels kill me because North and South, they can beat you. These guys that get these dual third quarterback labels, it's because they're quicker from side to side. But you you leave a lane for Will Levis to, to run through, he can run through it and go pick up a first down. So got to make sure that you have some lane discipline there. Uh, linebackers got to make sure – that they do that they're doing a good job of making tackles when they can in the open field. Um, you know, when it's just them and a ball carrier. But when it's them, a ball carrier and a blocker, whoo, that's boy, that's 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 tough to ask uh the linebacker to make a play on. because uh, more times than not, he's gonna he's gonna miss that one. Will Levis is gonna try to run you over. So if if you're Trayvon Flowers, if you're Jalen McCullough, if D B linebacker, it doesn't really matter. Don't 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 go to try to tackle Will Levis and, and all of a sudden be surprised when, when yeah. the Mack truck hits you because there's been several times where he tries to 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 run guys over. I mean he he is not afraid. He's got that Matt Corral in him, that that little pit bull in him where he he doesn't slide as as much as his coaching staff would would like for him to slide. And and that was the book on Will Levis when he transferred from Penn State this offseason is is that he's a running quarterback. Who hasn't developed as a as a passer yet? So th- this, in my opinion, will be another another tough challenge for Tennessee in terms of containing the quarterback in the run game. 
Text box. Oh, let's get to the phone. So we got Josh in Virginia. Josh in Virginia. Good morning. Good morning, guys. I've already hit on some of the stuff I was going to ask, but I'm sorry about coming that. from like a no, you know, you, <laughs> hey, that's what y'all are here for. Um, just you know, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm not a football expert, but you know, some of the like the formations and stuff, you know, like with with Ole Miss and then Alabama, it looks like you know they like what you were saying. They they did their homework. They saw a weakness in Tennessee. But a lot of it, can that lineman come up and just hold the linebacker? Because it looks looks to me like every time that that quarterback runs, that's what they're doing. The, the lineman is coming forward and holding the linebacker to where he can't. I mean, is that not a holding call? Well, as long as, you, as, long as your hands are inside, you know, your hands are inside, you know, you, you're good to go. Once your hands get outside the shoulder pads or when the defender tries to break free and there's a little bit of a snug of the jersey, those are easy, easy holding calls. Um, Lineman in space versus versus a a linebacker or DB. You typically see some of those holding calls, but it's important for the ball carrier to stay close to that lead blocker. If he stays close to that lead blocker, it it helps the lineman not be put in position where he is grabbing and holding uh, because linemen work in the phone booth. The moment you put them in space. Um, that's when they get themselves in trouble. So the ball carrier can help the lineman out there um, by being close to them. But, yeah, I mean, the holding calls are normally called when your hands get outside the shoulder pads or when a defender's trying to break away from your block. Um, there's some resistance there because you're pulling and grabbing them, and that's a that's an easy holding call. Uh, but that's holding – Josh, you can call holding on every play if you really wanted to. That's, yeah. That's holding every play, man, every play. But is, is you know this this quarterback run is that do you think it's just a an ability or formation on our part to just allowing this to happen or just just the combination of the ability of the quarterback and the not ability of our of our uh, depleted de- defense? Well, it's Alabama, man. I thought I thought uh, our coverage team did a good job, you know, downfield, but then Bryce Young just decided to run. I think Ole Miss was was more scheme and they did a lot of quarterback draws and powers and counters and things like that um, uh, against us. I know I saw Ole Miss run a, a quarterback counter against uh, LSU. Um, so that was, I think, running the quarterback is more intentional for Ole Miss. And for Alabama, it, it was, all right, there's no one down the football field, and Bryce Young is just going to run. And, boy, did he break off some of our ankles. We're going to need the training room this week for ankles because, <laughs> man, he was shaking some of our DBs. And I, you're not supposed to get done like that if you're a DB by a quarterback. Whew. But Bryce Young's yeah, good. Definitely. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you kind of gotta tip your cap to to the opponent sometimes too. I mean, just oh, absolutely, those, yeah, those two guys are good. But man, if if you ever do hang up your your microphone, man, you definitely got a job in coaching. Sitting here listening to you and how you can break everything down, just a just a great job, man. Appreciate your knowledge and um, you guys have a good one. I'll hang up and listen. Hey, thank you, man. Yeah, I don't know if I can recruit today. You mean call you every day? Just just to come on a visit? Goodness gracious, so needy. You mean every day? You want to talk to me every day? Gosh, don't you got a girlfriend? <laughs> like don't, don't you got some friends to go hang out with? God, don't you want to play video games with your friends? Golly, man, you want to talk to me every day? Oh. <laughs> Some of the old school coaches are like, man, this recruiting stuff is for the birds.
for the birds. Looking at uh, Kentucky's roster here. Uh, hey, hey, Justin Rogers. Still ain't done nothing. <laughs> oh, Waddell Robinson. Hey, sir. Yeah. He, he a problem. He's going to be a problem. He's going to play in the league for a very long time. He, yes, he is a problem. He will be a problem next weekend. I'm just telling you now. He, he will be talked about in the defensive staff meeting room. He will be talked about and highlighted during scouting report when the two units have their scouting report, offense, defense. In the defense scouting re- report uh, session, he will be talked about. He is a problem. He can beat you. Yes. If you don't know where he is on every play. But uh, you mentioned Will Levis uh, being a guy that will run you over. He is 6'3", 232. That's what I was looking for. Big so, old boy. He big old, he big old boy. How big a boy are you? He big old boy, Roy D. Mercer. He's 232 now. He run you over. I mean, all you need to know about him is that he he eats bananas with the peel. Still the way it. The didn't way the didn't he have the video of dancing? Yes, he he's a weird guy. He he drinks coffee with mayonnaise. Listen, we already got we already handled one um player that was was posting some some weird stuff. You dancing that that bad like we're, the the <laughs> the belly button old Nick Muse. No, I'm saying Carolina, right? Yeah, that, that that was a photo. That was, you know, him showing off the belly button. That's why we call him belly button. So we already took care of belly button. Now we got to take care of Will Levis. And Will Levis got some help now. He got some help too. Um, text box. The good thing is that like it's just Wanda Robinson. At least Tennessee can can focus in on Wandell Robinson. Like with with Alabama, <laughs> you have to worry about John Mechie on the yep. perimeter, and 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 then their Wandell Robinson, who is Jamison Williams, who transferred from Ohio State in the slot, who who had a huge game. I mean, he had his best game of the year against Tennessee on on Saturday. Uh, Twenty five targets between the two, seventeen catches. 244 yards between those two. And two touchdowns. And two right? touchdowns, both by John Mechie. Yep. And, and – I don't like how he went karate were, kid on them. What's that? I don't like how he went karate kid after Javante Payton went karate you kid. You noticed that too? Oh, I did notice that. You and know, he I, held the pose longer. I noticed all the little stuff like that. Oh, I did too. I noticed it yesterday when I went back and watched the game because I was like, what is Javante doing? Like that, that's my like that's your celebration. Like I know it's karate kid, but that like. I'm just I'm just amazed that referees are allowing I, all this this year. I and thought they were going to throw a flag on Cedric Tillman on his touchdown. What he you, do? You couldn't see it on the broadcast because they cut away from him, but he catches it and then he gets to the back of the end zone and is like walking this way in the back of the end zone in front of the, and he's like started strutting like he was a little on a runway. Because uh, I well, asked, he the, started to, and then it's like it sna- it clicked in his head, like, oh, let's not do this. Well, I I asked him uh, on on locker room on Sunday about his celebration. I was like, hey man, you know the three senior, well not senior, but the three upperclassmen receivers all scored touchdown, and two of them had great celebrations. What happened with yours? Because I didn't see his, but I did see Valus's celebration. Like Valus went went dancing with the stars. And then, um, and then Javante Payton with Mr. Uh, Miyaki. I thought he's gonna wax on and wax off. Yeah, the broadcast cut away from from Cedric after after 
his touchdown because he, he didn't start doing it until like he was walking in front of the, the field goal post. It, it was something that you had to see if you were in person. But he, it was like he started to strut down a runway, like to show off in front, because it was in front of the, the Bama student section. So he was like, Good job. Yeah, yeah look, at, look at me. Good job, I'm Tillman. here. Look at me. We're Good job. here. It, it's a, it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter. He, 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 like, went into a strut, and it's like it clicked in his head, oh, I better not do this, and then he stopped. Good job. Good job. Oh, here comes Ken. Everyone has their best game versus Tennessee defense this year. Pickett, Corral, Jameis Wisdom, uh, Jameis Williams, Bryce Young. Like Corral had a good rushing day, but I mean, threw his first pick of the year against against us. Um, I don't, I don't know if Pickett had his best best game against us. Pickett has been pretty dang good since since our game. He played us at the beginning of the season, and now he is a Heisman Trophy candidate. That don't even make sense, Ken. That he would have his best game against us. A lot of guys uh, and, and have then, had great, games. and then fall off and still be a Heisman Trophy candidate. That don't make sense. Um, Emory Jones did have his best game of the year. I thought his best game was against Alabama. Yeah, he didn't turn it over against us though, and I think he turned. I, I think he had an interception or two against Bama. Yeah, he, he had one interception because he was throwing as he was getting hit because he didn't have any protection. Like he was, he was in his throwing motion. He got hit well under three seconds. So I'm, he had his best game against Alabama, man. His against a better defense, a better team. He had a better performance against Alabama. But listen, man, if you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna, you know, bang that narrative drum, that's cool. Tennessee's defense still leads the country in tackles for loss. Tennessee's defense is still thin. Uh, they playing their playing their ass off, um, but. You play against good teams. You play against good players, and that's just that's just part of it, man. And James, Jameson Williams had like multiple kickoff returns and broke like a record at Alabama a couple weeks ago. So he had a good day receiving. That was his best game of the year as from a as receiver. A, yeah, as a receiver, but like, I mean, he he had like a career day a couple A&M, weeks ago. Yeah, a couple, uh, because he returned the kickoff after A and M scored. Yes, that happened. He, he had a game where he had multiple returns for a touchdown. I don't know if that was A and M because it was a home he, game. He had one against A and M. I don't know if that was the one with multiple. Yeah, like like you just said. Yeah, it was a home game. He had multiple returns for a touchdown. He like broke a record. Kenny uh, Pickett's best game was against Georgia Tech. There, I mean, there's several games that you could pick. He's good. He has 23 touchdowns to one interception on the season. 23 it's good, it's good. to one, completing 68.9 percent of his passes 2,000 passing yards this this past weekend against Clemson 302 two touchdowns zero interceptions Georgia Tech I think at least looking at it statistically uh, Georgia Tech 389 four touchdowns zero interceptions he did 403 and five against New Hampshire but I'll give the nod to Georgia Tech since Georgia Tech's better Western Michigan he had six touchdowns but they lost that game so I don't know that you can consider that the best performance of the year Ken, Ken, Ken is on it today. He said, he said I'm trying too hard. <laughs> em, he says, I thought you liked keeping it real. Emory was great versus Tennessee. He was better against Alabama, dude. Alabama is a better defense than Tennessee. He was better against Alabama. What are you talking about? He led that team all the way back and, and, and had a chance to win on the last drive of the game. Alabama was a harder game for Emory Jones, and he was better against Alabama than Tennessee. Come on, man. 
I, I but I'm a, I'm a, Ken's go, trying too hard. I, I'm I'm going to disagree. Not that it's a huge disagreement, but I he played perfect football against Tennessee. 209 passing yards, 144 rushing yards. The first player since Tim Tebow to do that. He played great against Alabama, but he had a turnover. I, I think he played perfect football against Tennessee. Mm, well, and there's yeah, some context there, like you said, I'm level of, yeah, level of the competition. I, I, I get that, but he played perfect football against Tennessee. I, I do think his best performance of the year against Tennessee. Okay. 865-255-03, hour two is coming up. Stay with us. <laughs> 